All right, welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, contributing editor to Publishers Weekly. I'm I have retired, but as you can see, uh, it's it's quasi retired, at least for the, the podcast purposes. Uh, I'm also I also continue to be editor of PW Comics World and editor of the Fanatic PW's twice a month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right, Pete, uh, more to come listeners. Um, I got a treat for you. Uh, we're going to be talking with Chris Robinson, former editor at Marvel, comics writer, veteran comics professional, and for our purposes in particular, editor of the 75th anniversary edition of Orancey Evans' All Negro Comics and Historic publication in American comics and in African-American comics publishing. Chris, thank you so much for being on More to Come. It is a huge pleasure to be here with you, Calvin. Thank you. Well, this is this this is a really interesting, very exciting project. We're going to ask you a lot more about it. I knew a little about All Negro Comics, uh, mostly uh, uh, when Oren C. Andrews was um, – uh, was inducted into the Will Eisner uh, Hall of Fame. There's you, but you put together a really fascinating uh, commemorative hardcover edition, funded through through Kickstarter. Uh, so it, before we even get going any further, uh, it, for our listeners, what what was All Negro Comics and who is Oren C. Evans? Absolutely. Okay, we'll start with Oren because everything sort of spins out of him, out of from him, right? So he sure. was a journalist. Very famous journalism uh, uh, in the journalism side of things, uh, you know, broke the color barrier. Phil- uh, Philadelphia, um, uh, you know, uh, eventually his the newspaper that he works at goes out of business. He he looks at what else is out there. How else can I reach the people? How else can I uh, uh, in, uh, inform and uplift? Which was mm-hmm. sort of always part of his his deal. And you know, he saw comics. You know, at, at the time, uh, you know. Uh, there were titles like Negro Heroes, Negro Romance, uh, at, you know, that were hitting with people. And he said, well, we can do that and we can do we can tell our own stories. Uh, and that was the real, um, uh, you know, important bit uh, for, for us here today. So, you know, he grabs a, free, a few of his uh, friends uh, also from the, uh, you know, newspaper industry, some cartoonists. Uh, he grabs his brother, uh, George, uh, and um yeah, these guys, these gentlemen get together and make the first black owned comic book publisher. Um, and, and that was, uh, 1947. So, so, uh, you know, last year, 75 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. and I was fascinated by this and I, I wanted more people to know about it, more people to have access to it. And, and here we are. Yeah. Well, where did you first learn about all, all Negro comics? Sure. Uh, so back in 2015, I had, um, I was looking for sort of what my second, Kickstarter thing was going to be. I, I ran a, an anthology before that, and it was, you know, kind of a, a, you know, just a sci-fi horror anthology, you know, that a lot of people type of, uh, get into. Um, and then I was, you know, digging around like, what, what could I, what could I do that would be, um, you know, a, a fun and different. And you know, I was always looking for something, you know, to, to up the ante for myself. And I happened to stumble upon, you know, looking into like public domain thing, you know, a, a project. A, um, you know, characters and, and mm-hmm. publications of the past uh, as a place to start is like, mm-hmm. okay, this is, you know, possibly more well-known than, than I. And obviously, you know, a lot of people do like Frankenstein stuff and sure. uh, whatever else. Um, but um, 
I happened to just Google it up. You know, it was just a search engine took me to, you know, and obviously the name, you know, even, even back in 2015 is, is, you know, eye catching, right. You know, we, it's not, we don't use Negro anymore. Right. We, all the terms change in every era. Right. Um, so, so I was like, oh man, you know, what is this? And I, and I kept digging around and looking and I gotta say, like, even back then, um, you know, uh, uh, eight years ago, I guess, um, there was even less information than there is now. Like, I think, you know, uh, as I've been working on the book, I've, I've noticed, you know, more people become aware. It's still not as many as I'd like. And, and sure. hopefully this book will be a, a step in the road to everyone knowing about it, which is sort of, uh, uh, my goal, I guess. Sure. Um, but yeah, I just, it was pure search engine, you know, happenstance of, you know, what public domain project, uh, um, comics existed and were out there that it appealed to me. And obviously, this builds me in a big way. Well, it's very interesting, of course, because we are starting to see more uh, publications, more historical publications about African-American cartoons. Cartoonists. Obviously, 1947, and obviously, they started it a few years before that. This is in the heart of vicious American Jim Crow in every aspect of life. Uh, it's actually even amazing that they were able to publish it. Uh, but, you know, in recent... Uh, recent years, we've seen a couple of things. Actually, a few years back, there was a book about Jackie Orms, also right. another uh, really landmark Absolutely. figure. Uh, but she was mostly syndicated, syndicated, I think, in the black press, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm confusing it with something else here, but but we've seen that uh, a, a book from New York Review of Comics, "It's Life as I See It," uh, that looked at the Chicago comic scene and goes back. Oh, uh, and I also, and I just want to mention quickly, Professor Bill Foster, w- William mm-hmm. Foster, whose book, Looking for a Face Like Mine. Yeah. Uh, and also there's another, one more book I just want to mention, The Invisible Men, Trailblazers, yes. Artists, uh, of Comics by Kim Quartro. So, but, um, uh, it, it, I, I'd love to know more just about the details of him putting together, but you put together basically a Kickstarter campaign, uh, to bring up, uh, I, I, all I can say is a, you know, a remastered uh, edition of it. So maybe tell us about your Kickstarter campaign. Sure. Um, so, you know, Kickstarter, I'm, the listeners of More to Come have definitely, you know, are already familiar with Kickstarter, but uh, I, it's an amazing platform. I hadn't mm-hmm. used it to the uh, extent with which I, I probably should have. I mean, obviously I spent a long time at Marvel Comics, so there was, there was no need for me, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know, popping out and, and seeing the lay of the land and, and you know, having some like, uh, um, it sort of icky interactions with with publishers who who might you know uh that i was i was going to and, and hoping to 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 you know get this project off the ground um it was it just seemed like you know nothing there was nothing no one no one else could do anything for me or would do anything for me that i couldn't do for myself you know mm-hmm. uh and kickstarter makes that possible i uh you know i'm a i'm a I don't know a lot of things, but I'm, I'm, I'm a researcher. Like I, I'll look into a lot of things. Right. So I, I did a lot of like looking at, you know, okay, what a popular, uh, popular and successful ones do and, and, you know, making charts of that and like, how do I, you know, what parts work for me and what parts can I pull into this project? Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had the benefit of, of being able to, um, bootstrap a lot of like the early work on it. So like by the time the Kickstarter went up, mm-hmm. I would say, 
75% of the book was done 80% even. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was just yeah. a few of the new, of the new comics in the back and, uh, a, a couple of the essays that were still, still, um, left to be done. But, you know, um, I, I had to really think about, you know, what, um, what I could do uh, for a Kickstarter because, you know, as much as, and I appreciate the very, very nice, uh, uh, <laughs> preamble to, to begin this interview. I'm not really that known, right? Like no one, no one's checking, I think, for, um, you know, what the next Chris Robinson project is. And <laughs> um, I think people, people liked my comics when, when I edited them for Marvel. Like, you know, they, they enjoy Moon Girl Double Dinosaur. They enjoy, uh, um, you know, the various X-Men reboots I was, I was part of. But, um, I don't know that they noticed that I was the guy that was, uh, you know, part of the team, right? So I knew that I couldn't sort of just go out there and say, Hey, everyone, I'm doing this thing. I needed sort of a, um, a, a, a secret, a secret weapon, I guess, to like, you know, really get people's attention. And, you know, obviously I, I, I sold, sold copies of the book through the Kickstarter. People, a lot of people bought them. A lot of retailers bought them. Um, but I think the real secret sauce to what made that Kickstarter work, and it's very delicate because Kickstarter is not a, a charity platform, but we came up with a one for one, uh, p- uh, part of the campaign of program. Mm-hmm. And so essentially what that means, you know, one for one, one, you know, buy a copy for yourself, but also pay a little more and you send a copy to a community institution, a yeah. library, a public school, things like that. And that really, uh, um, seemed to grab people, luckily, you know what I mean? So we well, um, raised what $35,000 a year. Your goal was six. So that gave you yes. some stretch goals, obviously, that you could incorporate. Yeah. I mean, so. Yeah, stretch goals are definitely part of of the Kickstarter thing. I think so for for six grand, uh, which was my original starting goal. That's very few copies. As the amount of people who wanted copies uh, grew, yeah, the yeah, which is a you know one hundred percent great thing. Right. But also, yeah. <laughs> it it greatly in, <laughs> increased the cost of like shipping and and oh, yeah. the cost of the production. <laughs> so like too? yeah, you know, <laughs> we definitely raised. Uh, so I think after the Kickstarter takes their fees, it ended up being like thirty three or something, or, or yeah. maybe thirty one. But we, a very nice amount of money, uh, and it would definitely help us make as many copies uh, as there was demand for. Um, but there wasn't like a lot of like extra uh, um, dough sitting around to like do. Um, you know, the uh, stuff with you know, no, no, there's no all Negro comics uh hoodie merchandise there. Did you, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Absolutely. I'd buy one, but there. Yeah. Oh, me too. There was there was a period there where I was like, man, I I want this logo on a T-shirt. It's so cool. I, 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 yes, and and I I couldn't figure out the like you know because because Kickstarter is weird where you have to like lock in a pro, a, a product as is. So it's like, how do you work out the sizing? Like other sure. people have done it. And, and, you know, I'm just the, the, the guy who couldn't figure it out at the time, but I don't know. Um, and then also too, like, um, part of this, it's like, I, ne- I, I want to make this clear. I think I made it clear in my, um, my backer updates and, and other interviews I've done, but like, you know, I'm not, I'm, I don't own old Negro comics. I like, I, I'm not taking control of these characters. Like yeah. these are public domain characters that are for all of us. I think, you know, you mentioned it earlier. Like this is black history. This is American history. This is. Uh, American, uh, you know, the American spirit of like five guys starting a business to get their ideas out. Like, I love this story, the, the real, real world part of it and the, um, you know, the, the fictional characters that people will, you know, read in the book when they get it. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it's not my thing. It's all of our thing. 
And if anybody, you know, out there is like, hey, I, I, um, I really loved the Ace Harlem stories that are in this book. I am inspired to do my own, you know, very gritty, very, uh, um, uh, you know, awesome uh, black detective stories. Hey, you can do that. You can go write, you know, write your novel right. uh, about this character and just put it out for free. And that, I feel like that's in the spirit of the of the book, you know. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about. Obviously, I mean, what you've done. I want. Uh, I mean, I do want people to know that, uh, for instance, and you might want to mention your team. I mean, this is sure. a remastered, so I mean, it's very hard, I guess, to find copies of it. I mean, I've seen hard. up online, but usually they're damaged. But you like. You've remastered the art. It looks fabulous. Pops off of that. I've only seen a, a PDF, but it pops out at you. And yet, yeah, there you go. Um, in fact, hey, here you go. I mentioned that I was going to take a screenshot. Why don't you hold up? I'm gonna. I want to. I want to take a screenshot with you holding the book up. Let's do this. You know, try to block out this 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 light for you as well. There you go. Here, hold it back. Hold it back a little bit. Yeah, there you go. That's good. All right, and hold it. And here we go. Okay, that's fine. I know this is like the yeah. We'll stop the podcast to do what what, what we need to do. But, <laughs> Sorry about uh, that. but you okay. also get essays by uh, yes. a group of contemporary essays. Uh, Kiana Witted, I hope I'm saying her name right. You did, yeah. You did great. Uh, an academic who's really kind of given the historical context around it. Uh, David Brothers, who I think you, we all know him mm-hmm. uh, as a publisher, as a journalist. I think he even wrote something for me at PW years ago, writing about him as a fan. John Pryor talking about, you know, the challenges that face artists of color, black artists getting into the mainstream comics industry. Um, And it actually talks about something that I've talked about for years is the importance of the book trade on comics. Not that the book trade is perfect, but it's been an important uh, transformative platform for the North American comics publish, publishing industry. And he talks about his life. So all of this is very good. And just on the, what you mentioned, you've updated the stories. So, yeah. uh, so brought some of the characters into the day. So we'll, let, let's talk about it a little bit, but, but there, tell us a little bit more about all, all Negro comics. There was only one issue published. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And this is all covered in the book, but th- there's, there, there was one issue, uh, published. Uh, it was 15 cents, which was made, made it more expensive than the other comics at the time. Mm-hmm. Better paper. It was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there was, um, uh, there was prose stories in there. There was comics for ev- everyone in the family. It was, it's not just for the same audience. There's, you know, uh, um, uh, the do dillies who are sort of like on the, for the younger set. There's, you know, Ace Harlem, like we mentioned, Gritty Detective, um, Lion Man, you know, uh, the, the superhero as, as we all know it yeah. temporarily, you know. Um, but yeah, it was, it was meant to, it was meant to be the first of many. And in fact, multiple times throughout the, the, the original comic, the 1947 comic, they allude to this story will pick up next month that, you know, watch for this guy coming yeah. next month. There's a, there's a, uh, a, a, you know, a, an ad for issue two coming, um, in the back of, in, on the very last page on the back cover. And none of that happened. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, and, you know, that is almost as fascinating as, you know, every, every bit of this thing is fascinating. That's why it, it, it grabbed me so much and I had to do this project. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I often, often imagine like, you know, again, it's 1947, right? Think about the things that, that came out around that time 
you know, a little bit before, a little bit after, you know, Action Comics number one, Marvel mm-hmm. Comics yes. number one, um, Black Panther, like, 15 years later. Um, these things are, you know, we can walk around and see them on people's T-shirts right now. And, you know, is it because they're they're good? Sure, you know, but it's also because um, they've had the, they had the test of time on their side, right? So had these characters had the test of time on their side, because they are so they're so fantastic and so gripping, so they're great. Had they had the opportunity, we might be looking at a world where you know I, we we didn't go see Quantumania in February. We went and saw you know Ace Har- Harlemania, you know, and for sure, that yeah, amazing? you know, or maybe an animated version of Do Dillies. I mean, yes. What's so uh, uh, interesting about this book? I mean, uh, Evans and I have a quote here. He called it another milestone in. Uh, in his in the history of Negro journalism, and so it's very interesting because in, in multiple genres. I mean, I mean, I, I'm you know I'm 71. I grew up in a world and started out as dominated by superheroes, and now we we sort of moved into a, the the multiple genre North American comics market. I mean, we're sort of catching up with the rest of the world. Um, but Ace Harlem, there we've got detective and crime. Um, yeah, Sugarfoot and Snake Oil, which is sort of yeah. comedy antics. Um, what's the other one? Um, oh, what, what, what was it? Hip, hip chicks on parade. So the yeah. fashion, sort mm-hmm. of anticipating, you know, the ebony fashion, uh, yeah. deal, you know? Um, and you mentioned Lion Man and Bubba, which was, yep. it was kind of pan African sci fi adventure. Um, it's just really, there's domestic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but so let's see, let's just, 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 uh, I'd love to hear you react to some of the stories. So what about Ace Harlem? And maybe talk about your updated version of Oh, Ace. sure. Yes. This is a great time. I don't, cause I definitely don't want to end this without shouting out everyone that worked on this. I'm, I'm just the editor. There's so many people that helped me make this happen. Um, but yeah, Ace, Ace Harlem is a, is a, you know, a, a hard boiled detective. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, he is, uh, you know, I guess, I guess when I talk about him today, the, the one to one is like Luther. Like, if you like Luther, mm-hmm. um, he's very similar in terms of, uh, you know, he's, he's searching out a killer and his, his morality is pretty gray. So if the killer happens to die, well, that's, that's justice, right? Yeah. Justice was served, even though it's not the, the, you know, the, in the legal sense, right? In, in the morality sense. Um, and so, that's an amazing story. The honestly, and all of them are like this. Like they read, you know, if, if, skip over the the like, <laughs> you know, the the terms of the of the yesteryear. But like, uh, they read just as well as as any comic on the stands today. Um, and and in the back of the book, we have some updated stories. So um, I wanted to, you know, as much as the the uh, original stories are. Um, you know, just as good to read today. I also want to have some updates with, you know, some, some friends of mine, just calling, calling, you know, calling some favors and uh, great, yeah. people to, to, uh, uh, a new story with these characters because they're so great. Uh, the characters are so great. So I had, uh, Micah Peters, who's a, a, a journalist himself. Um, he's, uh, right, you know, writes for the ringers, written for mm-hmm. a lot of other music, uh, publications. Ray Anthony Height, amazing, amazing, uh, um, Penciler and, and inker and, and has, um, you know, worked for Marvel DC, you know, his, his, uh, co- uh creator on, co- uh, co- uh, creation, uh, Midnight Tiger, you oh, know, okay. yeah, uh, is, uh, beloved. Everyone loves Midnight Tiger. And, uh, and so, yeah, so they tell a story, 
again, and we didn't, there was, it's not an update. Like, it's not like, you know, it's uh, Ace Harlem walking around with a cell phone. It's just, it's just <laughs> another story that is sort of timeless. Um, we talked a lot about, like. A know, dark that. story, too, I might add. It is, it is dark. Yeah. It is dark. Yeah, but it's No fits, spoilers, right? but it's a darker, little bit darker story than the, the zoot, zoot suit, you know, burglars yeah, or killer, robbers yeah. from 1947. Absolutely. Yeah. It, I, but I, I feel like that was, you know, that was the vibe of, of that we were starting with. And, mm-hmm. um, it is, uh, yeah, they, it's a, it's a great story. It's, it's a short, mm-hmm. they're all shorts. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think again, like Luther is kind of like if you're familiar with Luther, I think yeah that you'll you'll know what to expect going in. So and and tell us about uh, you know I'm also interested in Do Dillies, which is really yeah. interesting. I I, re- I mean I read it as kind of it, I mean it's for kids, but it's sort of it, I mean, it's kind of fantasy. Um, you know, I think at some point, um, you know, it, it says that. Uh, um, the, these are the, you know, when you see kids talking to each other and about imaginary friends, this is who they're talking to, but it's a really interesting. Uh, and then the update is interesting also. Yeah. 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 So, so do dillies, they're two, you know, essentially fair, fairy cherubic characters who are sort of, you know, teaching, like it's, it's very, it's really for the lowest, you know, the, the youngest age group, you know? Um, and they, and they look cute and they're, you know, they're adorable and, and they, they sort of teach like a quasi lesson that, you know, kids, uh, would appreciate. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, the original story was, was pretty fun. They, they get into some hijinks and, and you, they learn a little lesson there. Um, and then I brought in, uh, for t- today, I brought in, uh, Shireen, uh, Morishita, who is someone from the, uh, the webtoon side of the world. Yes. Um, that I, I became, uh, you know, familiar with as I, I had done some, some work in that space. Um, and I just really important platform these days. If if, if people don't know, they're changing their webtoons type platforms are changing comics and how comics are created and, and, and bringing a whole new generation of, of kids into the, to the business. 100%. Yeah. Totally, totally makes them accessible to, Folks, you know, kids who would never go into a bookstore, never go into a comic to, shop. To a regular comic shop. shop. Yeah, That's phone. Anybody, right? Yeah, m- mobile focus, phone and iPad focus. Very interesting. Yeah, super interesting. I love I love that platform. I love that um, mm-hmm. that that market. Um, but yeah, so I, I reached out to Shireen and, and I said, you know, here are these characters. These characters feel, you know, uh, if you look at her comics, like they're not for kids especially, but her 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 art style is so cute and so adorable. Yes, and it's like yeah. <laughs> a, a perfect matching in my mind. You know, as as a, as an editor, you know, over many years, I feel like I have a pretty good uh, handle on you know matching material or characters with creators and their sensibilities and, and being able to understand like, oh, who would do like a really good, you know, uh, a take on on this or this or that, right? Um. So yeah. So so she tells a, a very short story that. Um, you know, uh, again, we're not going to spoil it here, but it, yeah. it teaches a lesson to young kids yeah. about how to, um, you know, how to, how to, what, what to do with your artistic, uh, um, abilities or aspirations. Uh, and that's, that's a great, uh, lesson Absolutely. that, you know, again, uh, and this, it, it's right there in the first original text, but Oren wanted this to be a, uh, a starting point and what he wanted to inspire people to go out and do their own as well, right? So, my hope is that people will read this in a library, in their school, wherever, 
um, and they will, you know, e- if either to work directly with these characters because they can, or you know, to yeah. do their own uh, uh, completely original concepts. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and tell us a little bit about Lion Man. I, it, yeah. Lion Man is very, very interesting. Uh, fighting his arch interview with Dr. Sangro. And of course, yeah. his, uh, what's his little, what's his sidekicks? What's that? Bubba. Uh, yeah. Bubba. Bubba. Yeah. He's like, you know. So this is really, this is really, I call it like it's a pan-African superhero. I yeah. mean, yeah, so, yeah. So tell our tell our listeners who or what is Lion Man. <laughs> Lion Man, yeah, no, he's awesome. So, so you know, uh, Lion Man is a uh, a uh, African superhero who is uh, you know travels the globe, highly educated. Um, you know, get, grab, uh, takes his power from a special formula. Yeah, yeah. Um, he pr- he protects a a, um, a a catch of of highly highly sought after uh, resources in Af- in a hidden place in Africa. Does mm. this sound familiar? Sounds very interesting. Yes. <laughs> yes, very fam- you know. Very yeah. familiar. You know, somebody I should have- make a movie about this. Yeah, there are a couple movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I had I had worked on Black Panther uh for a for a bunch of years at Marvel. Loved the character. One of the mm, one, sure. you know, one of the ones I was like dying to work with when when I was started there. But I Came, you know, I was shocked, super mm. shocked to find out that, you know, 15 years earlier, 18 years earlier, there was a, another character. There was a character that was exi- like basically the same thing, right? It was, yes. It, it, yeah. And yes. That's, that's that's sort of the joke me, me and Calvary are playing here. That Lion Man it has the almost one for one origin um, that that uh, uh, Black Panther does, and um, so yeah. So he tells, you know, the the story in the original is him protecting. Um, this, uh, I believe it's a uranium deposit, uh, yeah. in, in there, um, in his magic mountain, um, from, uh, like poachers, you know, uh, which, which is right there in, in <laughs> once again, it's like, yeah. where have I seen this before? <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, today I reached out to, um, a, a friend of mine that I, I happened to, to meet in my travels, uh, Zipper Smith and, um, I reached out to a, a new artist. I'm always looking for like new folks. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I never, you know, I'm always trying to keep it interesting for myself. So I reached out to people I know, but I also reached out to people I've never worked with before that whose who stuff I like. And uh, Manny Adeko was the artist mm-hmm. for that story. Uh, he comes from, he has an animation background, but you know, Ooh. wanted to try comics and, and, you know, I, I, I love to give people, you know, opportunities to, to do that and, and see how they can, uh, you know, use their skills in different places. Right. Um, but yeah, Z- uh, Zipra is a, um, uh, you know, committed, like she's in comics. She's been, she works for a few different companies. She was in the, the Milestone Initiative most oh, recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and she tells an incredible, or, the, you know, she and Manny tell a really fantastic, um, you know, sort of like what happened the next day type of, you know, the, uh, a re, uh, not, you know, retelling, um, in the superhero sense of, uh, the word, you know, um, you know, think about how many updates there are to like, um, uh, uh, people's origins and things like that, you know, yeah. like man without fear or whatever. It's like, um, she, she was able to, uh, uh, cover, cover the information from the origin, but make it fresh and new again mm-hmm. and sort of, um, you know, make it, uh, uh, more contemporary feeling. Yeah. It's really, really, really well done. Um, so I was very happy to have, uh, her and Manny be a part of those. 
So no, it's it's really exciting that when you see these characters and then you and then you have also these stories that kind of show you how the character and the art and and its role uh could be um reinterpreted today. Uh and by the same token you have essays as I said before that put it into context. So if you'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, the people you brought in to to do these essays, please do. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, yeah, so uh, Kiana Witted, uh, P- Professor Kiana Witted, we, we have yes, to. Yeah, please, not, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She, uh, this book would not be possible without her. Mm. Um, an academic, a, a so knowledgeable, so ni- extremely nice person. Like, uh, uh, I came to her at like the 11th hour because, you know, I guess I can talk about it now because, uh, um, <laughs> it's all water under the bridge, but we had a different professor lined up to do, to do this academic section and they dropped out and, and, I, you know, there's not, you know, as much as I've done the research, there's not that many folks covering, uh, this material, right? And so sure. Kiana is a, a, um, a, a leading voice in that space mm-hmm. and, and Golden Age comics, you know, you ask her about any, I've seen her speak about, uh, you know, EC comics and that was an incredible thing, but she, or she has, she honestly, she has, uh, a, a book about black, uh, comic book creators in the Golden Age coming out very soon. So hmm. if you read, if you, if you get a copy of All Negro Comics 75 and you're like, oh, I, I, I want to go deeper. I want to know more. Seek out her book, uh, because. Oh, I her, will. Her, yeah, please, <laughs> please. No, her book, her book is, you know, uh, for, for the academic set, you know, an academic journal yeah. line is, is, is sort of, uh, I tried to, you know, I wanted this to be, uh, for everyone. Like, so it's sort of, I would say like geared to like high school, you know, high school, sure. uh, 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 you know, undergrad, college undergrad, maybe, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, she goes, she goes real deep and, and really covers the nitty gritty and, and all the details. So, um, that's, that's the academic essay that was very part of, uh, very. Now, important. was that an excerpt from a book or? Yes, a, a different version, a more, a more, uh, um, detailed, uh, longer version of this essay, complicated, you know. Uh, um, it appears in her book, her forthcoming book. So okay, they'll, they'll, yes, they'll, all be, they'll all be available around the same time. I think people will be will be getting their copies around uh, uh, May. Uh, oh, okay, good. It's coming up here. Okay, great. Good to know. Yeah, and and that's when her book is available too. So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so that's one of the essays. I wanted to cover the history. I wanted that to be sort of recorded here because you know it's covered in, you know, there's certain people who know and, and there's the Wikipedia mm-hmm. page that covers it quickly, but I, I couldn't find a good, you know, here's what happened sure. type of uh, recounting of the history of how these guys, how these gentlemen came together, what stories they re- they wrote, what, what they contributed, how they were sort of frozen out of the industry, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all covered. It's all here. Um, it's a, it's a pretty short essay. It's only, you know, only a few pages. So, you know, even if prose is not your thing, please like, just, yeah, no, it's, yeah, no, it's right to the can. point. It really gives historical context to what's happened. And, and yes, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, his, you know, it's serious history, but it's really quite readable and accessible. I'm so glad to hear you say that. Calvin. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so that's one. And then, uh, you know, we mentioned it earlier. There's, I wanted, you know, there was sort of, uh, I wanted to cover all facets. So, so David brothers, uh, you know, amazing, uh, writer, publisher, editor. Um, uh, he's covering the sort of like fan, uh, pop culture, uh, pop culture, culturist, uh, aspect of it in terms mm-hmm. of like what these characters meant to stumble upon and see them and, and, uh, you know, 
what it was like finding out that they exist for, for, you know, uh, folks that look like us and, um, uh, you know, for black comic book fan, uh, fans, you know, who, who have to sort of, <laughs> you know, pinch and scrounge to, to find those characters. Um, so he does an amazing essay, uh, very heartfelt. Um, mm-hmm. and then the final essay was by Sean Pryor, who's, you know, more of a, uh, YA writer, like, yeah, you know, writes graphic novels, you know, yeah. comics, things like that. And, um, but I wanted, I wanted the perspective of someone working in the industry, in the, working in the industry today. And, you know, I want, basically wanted to present like, how, how, di- how much has it changed? Is it, has it, is it really, is it, has, have we gotten more accessible, less accessible? What? And I'll leave you, leave it to, to read, uh, Sean's, um, Sean's essay to see what happened there. But, um, it was, he, he too also, provides a very heartfelt reflection yeah. on his own career that um, I, you know, I was asking him to sort of open a vein for us and he really went for it. And I was so touched and, and yeah, he, was, he was definitely just, opens a vein. So yeah, I was so blown away. He went as deep as he did. It, it really, yeah. I'm so happy and I'm so glad that mm. folks all over the place will read this and understand, you know, how tough it is in this business, right? Yeah, it's it's it, without a doubt, it's a tough business and um it sometimes the business makes it tougher than it actually needs to be uh, in certain cases. Uh and it seems as though he really had to really overcome. Um but he seems to be in a good place. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't in yeah. a good He's place. Got so yeah. much cool stuff going on. I can't wait to re- he has like a Power Ranger story coming out soon. There you go. He's yeah. got many uh, book trade uh, uh, YA books coming out, so so he'll he'll be all right. But you know, we wanted a, a full picture, you know. Yeah, it's it's a cautionary tale for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, uh, this is really great. Now, do you want to mention your your digital team? I mean, I know you pay, you put together a production crew to do this. You know, if you go to the original to the Kickstarter, so you can kind of you know you've got comparison issues about how it looked before and yeah. you know what you've done. If you want to mention them, please do. I, I 100% have to. So at all the stories, you know, we, there's one huge name that we have not mentioned and that's Tony Washington. Tony okay. Washington is a, honestly, I feel like Tony Washington can do, Tony Washington can do anything. Like he's so talented <laughs> and so, uh, um, he could, you know, illustrator, colorist, uh, uh, instrumentalist, uh, um, he's, he's incredible. I would not be able to do this book without him. So he was a guy that, um, I met, you know, Honestly, total happens. Like if you talk about accidents, like he he was brought into color uh, a, a Ryan Benjamin cover that I was doing at the huh. very tail end of my Marvel career, and he and I hit it off. And and you know when I was trying to figure out how I would do this project, I needed somebody that understood everything, like you know like understood <laughs> color and 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 you know illustration and you know. It's not like it's, he's not a, a rest, you know, he's not a, a history person. You know what I mean? Like this was kind of new territory for both of us. Uh-huh. Um, but we we had long conversations about like what we liked in, um, you know, reprint material. Like, you know, a lot of companies put out reprints and some of them are successful and some of them are, are less successful. And, uh, you know, we talked about what we like. We talked a lot about um, the uh, the the. Uh, I, I've mentioned this somewhere else, somewhere, but the, um, the Grand Design comics, they have reprinted, uh, um, historical, uh, you know, old X-Men comics basically in the back. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that was sort of like a big, um, uh, you know, North Star for us in terms of like what a, what a, what a, an appropriate, uh, updating of old material look like. Uh-huh. Um, 
So he went in, he did a lot of um, cleanup, you know, repairing damage. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, again, again, we tried not, we, we were very careful not to like add new things or like this. So he really doesn't, he doesn't, he, there's nothing of his that he drew in there. Yeah. So he's just sort of working with what's already there and like pumping up the blacks. Like there's a lot of like faded text. So now yeah. he, he re-upped all the K values. So it's like crisp as hell and, and super. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it, it looks, it looks, it looks like it was printed today, but from, you know, yesterday somehow. Yeah. You know no, it's I mean? great. Um, so yeah. So this book would not be possible without him. He's, he's incredible. And then he also colored all the backup stories that I was discussing earlier. So. Oh really? Oh really? He did all he did. the color. Actually, I'd forgotten this. Yeah. Yes, yes. So he colored, um, you know, all the new comics based on the, you know, using the old characters. Um, and, uh, because the color is really, you know, it's really, really rich and really striking in the, uh, updated versions. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. No, he did, he did an incredible job and everyone in the back has different art styles. Like we, we went out of our way to like make them to, to make Mm -hmm. them as, as different as possible. So. Uh, and he he's a total chameleon and, and does what's what's right for every for every person. So yeah, great yeah. stuff. Well, it's it's a really terrific project. I uh, really and a you know kind of a missing link kind of thing um, as far as like American comics history, but and of course you know uh, the often suppressed, overlooked. Um, uh, abandoned presence of African American cartoonists and, and as we enter into this new era of comics, uh, diversity, uh, it certainly, it also brings to mind, you know, the, the, the struggles of other marginalized communities trying to get into this category that we all love. Uh, so we're living in great times. Uh, your project is reminding us about the history that brought us all together. Now, I, I I did notice there was some speculation about what happened to issue number two. I mean, this was a different time. It was always an uphill battle for black creators and black publishers, for sure. But uh, if you want to mention some of the speculation, um, feel yeah. free. <laughs> I I think so. So it's it's definitely one of those lost to time things. I think you know there's some speculation as to how much of issue two was done. Some some sources say the whole thing was done and they couldn't find the paper. Some sources say, you know, that they were so broken up about how the the the, the first issue was was taken off newsstands and and uh, um, uh, pulped at the newsstand stage that it just stopped there. Um, I don't know, unfortunately, and I think all the folks who would know are no longer with us. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it truly is, you know, when when I imagine when I when I think in my head of the like, um, what could have been's. Uh, that is definitely a big piece of the uh, the story. I like to think that um, you know that the work was done, and you know that that just means that hope you know potentially that it, it'll it will will unearth someone's record somewhere, and it'll and you know maybe the boards will be there. But um, I bet you we we will never have an answer yeah. to that, which is probably more interesting, right? To, the the speculation is more interesting than the answer, I guess. Well, I, I like that too. I like that, you know, maybe it's a, it, it's the, like the, the comics version of, of Summer of Soul, you know, mm. maybe in a, you know, somebody will find this or someone, you know, when, when they hear this podcast, you know, so it's like, hey, I've got, the, what, what's that box that grandpa had in the, in the, in the attic? Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe, just maybe. You know, it'll go from legend 
to reality. Because uh, in some ways, that's what you've already done with the, with issue number one. So this is a very exciting congratulation, Chris, uh, um, uh, for for bringing you know, all Negro comics, uh, Orange C. Evans, all Negro comics, uh, back to us in a form that we can think about. And thank you so much uh, for being on More to Come. Thank you, Calvin.